You are listening to The Weird Sisters, Harry Potter Reread, Episode 24. On today's show, we discuss Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, Chapters 13, 14, and 15, and Part 1, Act 1 of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Hello and welcome to The Weird Sisters. I'm Danielle. And I'm Allison. Okay, Goblet of Fire. And yes. we kick it off with some, like, actual school. I know. I kind of forgot that all this was in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, you know, it's nice. Like, you get to be reminded. You go through the classes and get a little update. Yes. So, what, we start in Herbology, where there's a delightful new plant full of pus. <laughs> yes, which they are squeezing. Ew. But also, mm-hmm. I want to do that. Why? Because it would be satisfying and disgusting at the same time. That's weird and gross. Yeah. I like the little detail that it's it's good for acne and that there are children or there are children who curse off their pimples. Yeah, I think we talked about that at one point. But essentially, Madame Pomfrey can cure anything. Yeah. You don't need to curse your nose off, children. <laughs> no. Yeah, and we still have Hagrid being Hagrid and teaching care of magical creatures. I know. I think the first and last book, like the first time I read it, I kind of assumed he was going to get sacked and he was only going to be the teacher <gasps> for one year. Oh, no. I'm pleased, obviously. but Well, what would they do with him? He would just be sad, crying, drunk Hagrid. He wouldn't That's kick rude. him out, but he wouldn't be the teacher. But it's Dumbledore. He believes in him. That's true. Yeah. Perhaps. I mean, he knows his subject matter. He maybe doesn't know teaching. Okay. We've (laughs) all had those teachers, though. Sure. He's just on another level, really. He should be doing research. He's a Uh, research professor, not a teaching professor. (laughs) I don't know if he's really an official researcher. (laughs) But yes, they are feeding some pointless, blasting, horned creatures. Yeah, that sounds terrible. And he doesn't know what to eat. So if he doesn't know what to eat, where did he get these things from? He just picked them up. <laughs> but no, he stumbles into weird creatures. He's at the hog's head too much and just comes home with... Or someone was like, oh, crap, I got these things. How can I offload them? <laughs> Hagrid will want them. That's a good plan. Uh, so, yeah, we have the blast-ended scroots. Is that how you say that? Scroots? There's too many consonants. Scroots. I think I added, like, an ER in my head when I read it. Scroots or something. <laughs> Either way. Uh, next is Divination. Which Hermione's Which, dropped. Yeah, I'm honestly not sure why Ron and Harry continue to take it. Well, I'm guessing they didn't pick up... They didn't. Well, we know. They didn't pick up as many classes as Hermione. And presumably, there's some sort of minimum. Yes, but they could switch. Yeah, but I suppose maybe it's the devil you know is better than the one you don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but it's just so terrible. Yeah, not great. She's like... You know, of course, she's her usual self. She predicts that I fear the things you dread will come to pass. And I was trying to think, is that actually foreshadowing? Is there something Harry dreads that's coming to pass? 
And like, well, besides Voldemort returning, <laughs> duh. Well, that's his big thing, his fear, you know, the the prophecy and all that and his scars hurting. And... Yeah, I guess with the prophecy, it's forefront in his mind. So really, but it's her fault that he's dreading it. If she would have just kept her mouth shut, he wouldn't have dreaded it. <laughs> I don't think she had control over that. Oh, and there were Uranus jokes. I know. <laughs> oh, how is that a thing? Well, that's, a, it's, I, I think it's a, the height of realism. You <laughs> cannot say that and not make a joke. But it feels fake that she put that in there. No, you think? Yes. I like it. Yes. Why would it be fake? Children would do that. I think it's just surprising because the tone of this book is, like, slightly older than the other ones, maybe. <laughs> and here they are making... Well, maybe... I mean, that's like a middle-of-the-road joke. You're, like, you know, insinuating but being dumb at the same time. Mm-hmm. I laughed. It was funny. <laughs> it's always funny. So you have the humor of a 14-year-old boy. Yes, that is the one redeeming quality of 14-year-old boys, is they're very funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay, that's up for debate, but sure. (laughs) Oh, okay. So Hermione's not in divination, but she is, you know, going on about arithmancy and how bloody useful it is. But she mentions, oh, Professor Vector is so great. And my head is just like, what? Professor Vector? We never meet Professor Vector. I'm being deprived. (laughs) Of these people who exist at Hogwarts that I know nothing about. I, I mean, but it's always true. Like, and when they do the kind of, when they first get at Hogwarts, and we like look at, up at the head table and see who's there. They never even really mention those other people that have to be there. Because we didn't know about the care of magical creatures person who retired before Hagrid. Yeah. You know, or aren't they always said to be taking... Oh, what's the other one that we never really hear about, too? Ancient runes. Hermione takes that. Yeah. Muggle studies. She used to take that. Yeah. These these professors apparently just do nothing. <laughs> the ast- well, they take astronomy, yes. but we never hear That's... about the astronomy one until we get... The centaur. The centaur, yeah. Yeah. I just... I feel cheated is what I feel. <laughs> it's true. And we never get to be in those classes, either, because we don't go with Hermione. Though, isn't... Isn't she basically taking math? I guess. Magic math? I, You get to manipulate the numbers magically? Yeah, I, I think when I hear it, I kind of think arithmancy is ancient runes, but there's a whole other class for that. So it's obviously not right. Also, it's Professor Vector. Like, Vector. Oh my god, it's a joke. I didn't... Oh. Wow, you're a genius. <laughs> I thought that was really obvious. It is really obvious. <laughs> Well, I now I feel like it should be required because none of these wizards are learning any math then unless they're with Professor Vector. No, they stopped at useful math with like addition and subtraction as little children <laughs> and didn't do anything else. Well, I might be I might be more interested in magical math. <laughs> and he didn't give them any homework, so oh, it can't yes. be that bad. Math always has homework. Just nah. Saying. The answers are in the back of the book. It's fine. 
<laughs> Only to certain ones. <laughs> oh, but then Malfoy has to spoil our school time good feels. Because, I mean, that's he likes to show up early and, you know, assert his annoying presence. <laughs> that's right. It's good to establish it right off right. the bat. And in this case, he there was an article by our growingly infamous Rita Skeeter in the paper that talks about the incident with Mad-Eye and Arnold Weasley, <laughs> which Malfoy points out is rather rude. But it didn't... I don't really understand. I, I don't think the article really was that bad, but somehow it what came across that way. Yeah, I mean, she's a bit rude about the ministry in general but no it's not it's certainly not damning I, yeah but it made it sound like that this was some crazy encounter and bad behavior and i don't see that well i think mad i has a bit of a reputation she's playing that up yeah. maybe that you know it's just a crazy old man you know yeah and Ron's annoyed because Malfoy's being insulting. And I always think the comments, like their comeback comments, and I don't know if it's just a British thing, but they're always terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they're just, it's like eat dung. And <laughs> like, that's probably one of their better ones, to be honest. The rest are just <laughs> crap. <laughs> they said something here, too. I was like, oh, Harry, <laughs> that is not, that's not a good one. Yeah, like I that brings to mind Harry's line that that Neville's worth twelve of Malfoy or something, which is just such an awkward thing to say. Oh, see, I thought that was a little, at least a little sweet, but well, it is. It is sweet. It's it's not witty or I don't know. Are you saying he's not very <laughs> eloquent? Yes, I'm saying he's not very eloquent, and I'm saying it not very eloquently. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, there were. Not very insulting words spoken. <laughs> so this, of course, leads to a brawl. Well, I don't... Like, Harry turns or something, and then Malfoy tries to curse him? Yes. Which seemed like an escalation. <laughs> well, they were talking about their mother, and his, then his mom was skinny. Like, that was the the comeback to it. I was just, <laughs> very confusing. <laughs> No, he says that that um, why does she always look like she has something a bad smell under her nose and implies that it's because Malfoy is there. That's decent. Okay, that was a little better, fine, but still, it takes a little while <laughs> okay. to get around to. Malfoy's one with who went with your mama so fat. That wasn't original. <laughs> it's a classic. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so they get into it on in the hallway, and. Mad-Eye, which we must remember, is, yes. is Barty Crouch <laughs> Jr. We're going to keep reminding ourselves yes. of that. Comes in and he, before he, uh, well, he turns him into a ferret and makes him bounce <laughs> yeah, around. Yeah, that's, that's the key thing that's going on here. <laughs> yeah, it's ingenious. Do you think that that was just like off the cuff or like that's what he always does with people who annoy him? Is it always a ferret? Or maybe it just depends on the person. Uh, 
Maybe maybe Malfoy's Patronus is. Is his Patronus a ferret? Maybe. Does it work like that? Yes. He's bouncing him around. And then McGonagall comes in and is horrified. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Every, but her, her Ron is quite enjoying it. Yeah. yeah, he's like, don't talk to me. This is the greatest moment of my life. I have to remember forever. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but he does say the line, Mad-Eye slash Barty Crouch Jr., I know your father of old boy. When he threatens the action of his father. Oh. Oh, yeah. He really, he does know oh, his father. He Mad-Eye, though. Yeah, you're thinking of him as in, like, he as an yeah. aura mad eye chasing him but but then what's the threat <laughs> well i cuz here's a question if we know he's actually barty crouch junior big fan of the dark arts <laughs> why does he bounce malfoy around as like a ferret doesn't that seem like overkill to getting in harry's good side my theory is he actually does hate malfoy and his father, because his father and Malfoy, you know, turned their coats and are living happily out of Azkaban, you know, pretending not doing anything about Voldemort. Yeah, no, I like that. But I would say it's not, he's not resentful that they weren't, that they're living free. He's more angry that, like, you should have been willing to make the sacrifice and everyone you know should be as loyal as i am yeah yeah so he really does hate malfoy which cassie having points right <laughs> well i don't know about that he makes malfoy a ferret for <laughs> honest reasons <laughs> well okay. what does he say he doesn't like you never attack when someone's back is turned so he's trying to be decent at all i suppose and then we have this detail that hermione is up to something she's shoveling food down her face always and running off to the library yes what is she up to (laughs) as we know rereading it she is coordinating her spew efforts yes Yep, she's probably like reading legal papers or something. I imagine. Elvish history. I don't know. Elv. Oh, I guess that that would be what it's called. When you say that, it makes I me know. think, you know, right. Arwen and <laughs> they're very different <laughs> kinds of creatures. Noble. Uh, yes. And tall. Very different. <laughs> yes. Not so tall. Not so no. noble. No. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So our next chapter is aptly titled Unforgivable Curses. Yes. We get a little continuation of our potions now. We've decided that Snape is extra angry. And he's extra angry because he didn't get the Defense Against the Dark Arch job again. Yeah, and they also sort of imply that he's afraid of Mad-Eye. Yeah, and I feel almost sure that the real reason for his angst is not just the dark arts job, but I don't know what it is, and I feel like I should know. Well, 
isn't... Okay, I could be completely off base here. Doesn't Snape... Isn't he the one that kind of realizes what's going on a little bit? Does he? I mean, are you sure you're not thinking about Lupin? Obviously, he knows about Lupin. Or you knew about it. I feel like there's a scene again later with the map and Crouch is on there. Oh, maybe he maybe he does discover it with the map. That almost sounds like a real thing. But I don't know that he suspects. Yeah. I wonder I feel like there there's probably a little more backstory going on that we're not remembering. Probably. <laughs> As usual. But we didn't. We do learn that Moody has only taken this for a year, which everyone is upset about because they already like him in a creepy sort of way. Yes, yeah. Defense against the dark arts is going pretty well. Two years in a row. Yeah. Though, when they fight, like, so when Harry, and then they finally are in his class, it's. I think there's kind of some weird things happening, besides him showing them unforgivable curses <laughs> okay like what well the whole Dumbledore thing so he says well you're not supposed to learn curses you're only supposed to learn counter curses until year six but then Moody is all but I think you can handle it and so like Dumbledore agrees with you Mm-hmm. and then does that comes up again later too Right? Was it when he put them under the Imperious Curse that Dumbledore okayed it? Yes, because Hermione protests. Yeah, so what the heck? I don't know. I didn't think about that, but that's a good point. Like, is this serving some purpose other than making Mad-Eye interesting and making us like him? Like, why is he, does he at least seem to be interested in making the children prepared well okay Dumbledore hired he wanted the real Mad-Eye right obviously (laughs) but and then from Sirius's letter he's like if I'm reading the signs like Dumbledore brought in Mad-Eye according to Sirius that means that Dumbledore thinks things are happening because he knows what happened the end of last Mm -hmm. book and maybe he is sort of like preparing his army (laughs) you know yeah so basically this is something the real mad eye would do and barty knows enough to do it basically yeah well and then barty probably doesn't mind cursing probably not (laughs) showing off his skills yeah. Okay. Yep. I that seems believable to okay. me. Cuz I mean cuz you're right, Mad Eye has the reputation of being intense, paranoid, off his rocker. Mm-hmm. He portrays that perfectly. Just for different motivations. Yes. So then we we learn about the unforgivable curses, which I like because it imposes some sort of boundaries on the magical world Mm. because magic is a tricky fictional problem (laughs) if you could just do everything with magic but yet they exist they exist but 
you know, the consequences are very serious. And we're told, you know, he invites them all to wave their wands at him right now and say the words. So we're told that you have to have powerful magic and intention behind it. Yeah. So, so you have, like, that implies your guilt no matter what then? Is that what you're saying? Oh, no, it's not what I'm saying, but that's kind of, sure, that okay. follows. <laughs> uh, okay, but our curses, the imperious curse. Now, making people do what you want them to do, mind control. Yeah. Very big fans of it in the dark world. It does seem like a problem, though, because it's like the big out. I was cursed. <laughs> Can't yes. blame me. It's like the insanity yes, defense, right? It is. Yeah. But, I mean, we're also... You can keep people under this indefinitely? Like, do you have to constantly be controlling them? I don't know. Well, okay. I kind of don't like that Harry manages to throw off the curse in the first class. Well, but of course he has to. I don't. Okay, at least when he was doing the Dementors, like, he sucked at least the first day. Well, he, like, went headlong into the desk first. <laughs> I know, but they haven't left the classroom before he can perfectly throw off the curse. Yeah. Now, they, they do say that it takes great strength of character, whatever that means. I, and I suppose we would say that Harry has great strength of character, he but... Also I mean, do other people know that they're being imperious? I mean, he was like, okay, right now, someone's about to take over me. I'm going to try to not be taken over. Yeah. You know, you need that, You need your constant yes. vigilance, as yes. I would say. I mean, it serves to let us know that it can be thrown off, because Barty Crouch Jr., we'll, we'll find out he did it. Mm -hmm. But I, I just, it's a little too easy. Why couldn't it be someone else? Why couldn't it be Ron? Or, I don't know, <laughs> Lavender Brown? Or, <laughs> I don't know, somebody because else. Because we do not like to support such sub-characters in that way. <laughs> <laughs> they can't be better at magic than Harry unless it's Hermione, right. basically. And this isn't Hermione's kind of thing. She has strong character. Oh, I agree that I think she could. But it's not the kind of thing we give her in yeah, the books. Because she didn't study it in it's a book. It's not her role. Yeah. Yes. And then we get the... The Cruciatus. That seems bad. I don't want that. Torture? Yeah. Yeah. Seems bad. Yeah. No. And then... We get that it's very distressing to poor Neville. I know. The Neville subplot is like the best in these books. And tragic. I love it so much. It is so tragic. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't find out about his parents, this book, do we? No. So planting the seeds. Mm -hmm. Okay, and now you can call me an idiot. I did it myself. <laughs> okay. The killing curse. Avada Kedavra. Yes. 
I just realized sounds suspiciously like abracadabra. You just realized that? <laughs> yes. What? I, it was always like too annoyingly close to it. It's, I'm very dumb, you just, okay? How did you just realize that? I don't know. I thought you were going to say that you always said abracadabra in your head. Well, okay, no. Okay, if I'm being honest, when I read this, I was like, wait, those are those words that people always say are magic words. I had in my head that actually abracadabra was avatacadabra. And then it was only like three hours later that I was like, oh, wait, it's abracadabra. <laughs> wow. I do think, because you see all, she does a lot in all of her naming. Um, you can kind of Google any lists and lots of things. They have a lot of like either mythological references or various roots that seem to make sense with the character or the curse or what have you. And I want to say there might, like, there might be one of those for this as well. Um, you know, some Latin terrible something. I'll find out. Hmm. Sounds like p- potentially roots in like, in like create or something like that as a root. So not death. But, okay, you say it was annoyingly close. Yes. I like it because it's a similar way, like, that people fly on broomsticks. Because it's it's a big, obvious, magical trope that she just takes and appropriates. And you can see how it's like, oh, we have abracadabra because, you know, it, it grows out of a real thing. Yes, but not... Not for the most terrible, awful killing curse. Like, put that for something else minor. Like, you know, like a summoning Wingardium chart. Like, Guardian Leviosa. Yeah, like, but not for this. Because it takes something that is so trivial and silly otherwise. And then that's the association with it. <laughs> okay. I can see that. I don't know if I agree, but I can see that. But either way, I am now enlightened. <laughs> About time. Yeah. Uh, uh, So after that very eventful class, Moody sees that Neville is very shaken up. And obviously, I would think as Barty Crouch knows why. Knows about Neville's parents. Yes. And gives him tea. And then we find out later, gives him magical water plants of the Mediterranean. Yeah, so... On first reading, well, you think he's being thoughtful. We like we don't know why Neville is upset, but like he's being thoughtful. And then you even later kind of impose because he knows about his parents. But yeah, in reality, it's this terrible device that he's trying to plant this book for Neville to give the information to Harry later. For Gillyweed. Yeah. And I thought it was so interesting because Harry's response was like, because Neville comes back like much improved and says that like, oh, Moody gave me these books and said that Professor Sprout, you know, said I was getting herbology and all of that. And he's like, oh, like, you know, rarely does Neville get complimented. And he's like, well, that was very tactful. And something that Professor Lupin would do. It is something Professor Lupin would do. But then it's not. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, <laughs> okay, yes, on the surface it is. But it's just like, I mean, he's he's sort of de- developing this somewhat similar affinity and is liking him for similar reasons as our beloved mm-hmm. Lupin, but then we will be betrayed. But then later, Moody like comes back into that circle for real in kind That's of a similar weird. way. Yeah. It's a testament to Barty Crouch's acting <laughs> that I have these weird feelings about Mad-Eye Moody. <laughs> yes. But yet his is so much more calculated. Yeah. And I was trying to think, is this the first time we get mentioned that Neville is good at herbology? No. No? It's come up once or twice before. Okay. Um. So now that Neville feels a bit better, Hermione shows up. And we get the reveal of what in the world she's been working yeah, on. Like, and it's it's vomit related, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny joke. <laughs> you should laugh. Oh, gosh. Sure. Sure. Spew. Society for the Promotion of Elvish Welfare. So it's S-P-E-W. <laughs> she wants to make that clear. Oh, yes. You don't, you don't say it. You spell it. Because... She's like, well, stop the outrageous abuse of our fellow magical creatures and campaign for a change in their what legal status didn't fit on the button. <laughs> well, it's a real problem. Yes, she is outraged. And give her credit, she's a problem solver. So this is what she's doing. She's done her research. And now she has formed a committee and designated like people to be a part of it forcefully. And now she has goals. Yes. And we're going to make a difference. Yes. All you need to do is give us your gold piece and wear this button. And there are leaflets you can pass out. <laughs> there are leaflets. <laughs> leaflets are the first step on the road to great social change. Oh, hey, you gotta do something. Get the word out. Well, that's you know, right. She wants better wages, or actually any wages, in working conditions. <laughs> and then eventually huh? the whole non-wan thing is an issue. Ticket, and eventually getting an elf into the Ministry of Magic. Well, representation. She's right. Nothing's going to change without representation. Right. Though she hasn't consulted any elves on this. Well, she doesn't need to. She knows it all. Why bother them? She's just informing them what they need to do. That's a bit colonial. Colonial. <laughs> Oh my, you should, when she shakes that 10 under your nose, you should reply like that and see what happens. Just saying, maybe she should have met a couple first. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Do you think that she would try and organize the elves? Yeah, but again, it's like we can't have Hermione off on her own, so she has to come back to us. Yeah. Oh, we also have have finally Hegwood, Hedwig returns from her long voyage to visit Sirius, and he says, "I'm coming back." Yeah, things seem rough. I better get close. Yeah, which of course Harry sends Harry into a tailspin of guilt. Yeah, because he thinks, you know, he's like he's coming up here for me. It was nothing. Now he's gonna get caught. It's all my fault. It's always about him. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. He does make everything about him. 
But it doesn't matter. Uh-huh. He's coming back anyway. Yeah. Yeah, He then he tries to send a letter that says, uh, my scar didn't hurt. <laughs> Never mind. It's like, that was a weak attempt, Terry. And then we move on to our final chapter. Now, you say this much better than me, so you Bo say Batten it. and Durmstrang. Bo... Bo Batten. Are you sure yes. it's Bo Batten? That's like the one word It sounds I'm authoritative. Sure okay. <laughs> I'm this, The other one confuses me more. Drumstring? Durmstrang? Oh. I might have spelled, just misspelled it. Is it spelled? Oh. <laughs> we won't know how it's pronounced because we're not sure if we can spell correctly. I think correctly. it's Durmstrang. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yes, they will be coming. So everyone's getting very excitable then for the Triwizard Cup. And we're cleaning the castle. I like and that note. <laughs> to try and impress oh, yes. everyone. <laughs> yes. It's not going to work with those French girls, but <laughs> they try anyway. And be- so as our bit of foreshadowing, we throw in a random mention to Cedric Diggory. That he might be. Because everyone's taught, you know, who's going to compete, what's going to be like. Like, oh, I think Cedric's going to. You know, the handsome one from Hufflepuff. Yes. Which is like, I feel like directed right at the reader. Because we're like, Cedric, what? Why do we care? (laughs) Oh, the handsome one from Hufflepuff, apparently. I mean, we know him from Quidditch. Yes. He was very polite to Harry in a good sport. Right. We already met him earlier in the book. Again. So we're building up to him. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hermione's fond. <laughs> I know. I felt like this was foreshadowing of her and Crump. Did you just call him Crump? <laughs> no, Crumb. <laughs> I think you called him Crump. <laughs> I did not, but I like it better. <laughs> okay. That she is quite fond of handsome Quidditch players? Well, she tries to be like, I don't just like people because they're handsome, but later she does. <laughs> Wait. I could be completely making this up, but isn't there a line sometime when Ron and Hermione are fighting about something about she only likes something Quidditch players and she's like, only the handsome ones or something like this? Isn't a dig at Ron? Mm. Did I just make that up? No. I'm just insulting Ron for no good reason. (laughs) It's possible. Okay. Well, it would have been a good line regardless. Yes. But I do like, again, they're kind of, we still get a little bit of a school vibe. Like, they're pretty busy. They have homework. There's expectations. All that. Yeah, I do get a kick out of their divination homework. (laughs) Predict, you know, planets aligning each month. And they're just like, making crap up. Make it sound bad. She'll believe it. Like, they died multiple times in the month. (laughs) Yeah. Harry caps it off with being beheaded or something. (laughs) Yes, yes. Very likely. Mm. And you don't lose points after the fact when it didn't come true. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The accuracy of your predictions is not what's being graded. It's how well you face your dark future. Mm Mm-hmm. And I like to, again, Hermione's, like, still on this spew terror. I'm still going to call it spew. I don't care what Hermione says. <laughs> right. And it says that she's like forcefully accosting the fellow Gryffindors to make them sign up. And no one's like, no one is really on board at all. And and then they're all like guessing about how how folks are going to get to Hogwarts. 
and she's, you know, spitting off her knowledge per usual. But then her favorite go-to, well, I read it in A History of Hogwarts, or Hogwarts, A History, and then she's like, but it should be called Revised History of Hogwarts, or Highly Biased and Selective History of Hogwarts. (laughs) The book that she adored has now betrayed her for not revealing the true enslavement within. Yeah. That's rough, Hermione. She just can't believe it. She's so indignant. It's kind of (laughs) great. That is the perfect word for Hermione. Indignant. So then we finally arrive. The French girls. I can't say that word, so I'm just going to call them the French girls. (laughs) But they're not. I was... I was caught off guard at first, and then I was mad at myself that I had been, my memory had been overcome by the movie version. In the movies, it's just the French girls. But in the books, and I remember being upset when the movies changed it, but in the books, they bring both boys and girls. Wait, I just read this book, and I totally didn't pick up on that. Are you sure? Because, that's why I wrote it down, because a boy comes out first. Okay, yes, but isn't he... I took him as the servant. I took note of the boy, but I took him as that's, a servant, not was, a student. I, that's what I first thought. But then it says something else. And no, there are definitely boys and girls. And then I remembered that they changed it in the movie, and I was angry. But no, you definitely... Like, the memory has become just the women. But it's not true. I still don't know if I believe you. I'm going to have to go back it's and so look. True. <laughs> there are French boys. Why isn't Hermione making out with a French boy instead? Well. The look on your face. People can't see it, but do you hate French boys? Do you have something against Vespas and wine? I mean, they're... I'll just keep my mouth shut. Okay. (laughs) They arrive by flying horse-drawn carriage. It's more like a flying house, really. Yes. In part to fit Madame Maxine. Yes. And Madame Maxine is my favorite. Yes. I love her. She's just so... I don't have an adjective. She's so fancy and large. (laughs) It's it's so good. Those are usually not defining characteristics for a personality. Fancy and large. (laughs) I... I really enjoyed the, like, little story within a story that we eventually get about her and Hagrid's adventures with the giants. Because I enjoy picturing her as her own little character. (laughs) Well, yes, but she doesn't even know about Hagrid yet. She's concerned about who will take care of her fine horses. Because they are a lot to handle. Yes. Yes. Hagrid's got it. Pretty confident. Yeah. And Durmstrong arrives via the lake, via the ship. I don't know what kind of magic that is. Or can I just get in a boat and show up? There are a whole underground network of moors and water. I don't know. But then you need a submarine, not a boat. It is a magical boat, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) So they arrive with a ship and we have... Oh, brother. Karkaroff? That sounds Russian, sure. And lo and behold, Victor Crumb. Which, 
Now, none of these students who are big fans of Victor Crumb and just got done watching him know that he goes well, to school I know. there. That's, it's kind of strange. Everyone's like, we didn't know he was that young, that he was still at school. But everyone's so secretive, too. Maybe You know, they don't really have ESPN, so you're not... You know, you're not getting, like, the 30 for 30 on Victor Crumb. <laughs> that would be a great 30 for 30. It would have to be later. And then you could have, oh. like, Hermione in there and everything. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I'm just imagining <laughs> that now. I love it. <clears throat> but we don't quite get, we don't really get a sense of who these students are. In this chapter, they just arrive and we, have, we don't really know. We've any just of them yet. paraded in front of each other so far. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. So those are our mm-hmm. chapters. And that brings us to Harry Potter and the Cursed yes. Child. So now we're reading part one, yes. act one, which is to page 87. Now, did you read further than that or is that all you've read? I've read. Just a couple pages past that. Okay. That's all I read. Okay. So we won't spoil because we don't know. Okay. We, we don't spoil for past that. So so maybe we'll say some like really make some really dumb predictions. Oh boy. I, so how do we want to do this? I, I don't, don't even know. <laughs> I don't know what to think, to be honest. I know. Well, I'm thinking I haven't read a play since high school. Well, yes. And I've been trying to like picture it on a stage as I've been reading it. Because I think that sort of gives A play is a much different thing. It is. And that's part of it. Like, too, it's, you know, one of the things you like about the book is it, like, you get to go and live in that world. And that's not what's. That's not what you're doing in this. It's like flash scene, flash scene, flash scene. Like it's all these little snippets. And, you know, in the theatrics of a production, too, that obviously you're not seeing, but it's sort of coming across, but also not really when you're reading it. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised. Again, haven't read. I've read like three plays by Shakespeare in my life, and that was because they made me. Mm -hmm. So I'm not qualified. But it seemed... The scene seems so short. I like when I see plays. Sometimes I'm like, "Oh God, this is so long." <laughs> but the scene seems so, so short. Comparing it to Shakespeare, maybe it's you know we're a little bit more modern now. Yeah, but one there's, it's a, you are speaking those things, and there's action and whatnot happening. But it does it. It is especially kind of early on. It seems very. They're kind of trying to have this sense of time moving quickly. So they're doing these really, they're doing brief snippets and then. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting that it opens with the epilogue scene. Yeah, it took me a little bit to be like, oh, okay, that's where we're at. Yeah, it's, I I noticed a few minor changes, but it's, it's echoing 90% of that epilogue scene. So... I don't want to get into the nitty gritty of the of the like, you know, scene by scene of the plot, but the very the very broadest of strokes, right, mm-hmm. is that Al Albus, the middle child of Harry, yes, goes to Hogwarts, gets put in Slytherin, 
And remember, we have that scene in the epilogue where he's worried about being put in Slytherin. Yeah. And then he is. But in part, potentially, because maybe he wanted to, because now he met his friend, Scorpius. Oh, that's an interesting point. Because here he tells him, oh, well, the hat will take into account what you want. And he, like, kind of, and there's, then there's the opening scene on the train where he's like, this is, you know, they're like, this is important. You can meet your friend, you know, your lifelong friends here. He meets Scorpius and, like, makes his stance against his cousin. And then, and he's got this whole, like, I don't want to be like my dad thing. Yeah. So him and Harry have a rocky relationship, to say the least. Yes. And he's like the, he's just, he's not what people expect of a potter. He's in Slytherin. Yes. He's bad at magic. He's kind of a jerk. He's bad at Quidditch. Yeah. Doesn't care. Doesn't want to be at Hogwarts. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. I felt a little bit like Albus is playing the, like the cranky reader almost. <laughs> Like, Harry Potter just leaves casualties left and right. No, isn't the Harry, the boy who lived so great, blah, blah, blah. Like, but at the same time, it's a pretty realistic depiction of the child of a famous person, don't no, you think? No, I, I think it's, like, completely feasible to foresee that that end for him and for him to struggle with that. It gets, feels like it's getting out of hand quickly. <laughs> but... Maybe, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Does it make you uncomfortable that Harry has a poor relationship with his son? Kind of, or just that I feel like Al was, because you don't like get to know him either, like the way you get to know through the books all the characters. So obviously Harry, Ron, and Hermione do a bunch of stupid things that we kind of question after, but yet since you don't get all of that development and all that detail about the kid then i'm like what what is this kid doing like you know Uh, oh i remember our way back in the beginning our dumbledore should have been in slytherin sort of deal i was like oh it's an albus Uh. in slytherin but so yes he becomes best friends with draco's son scorpius i see i wrote scorpio in the notes different (laughs) thing not not his name then there's this whole really weird thing Oh my god, it's so that weird. The rumor is Draco and his wife, who then died at some point too, le- that they couldn't get pregnant and they didn't want the family line to die. So she went back in time and had Lord Voldemort's son with a time turner. Yeah. What? I don't know. <laughs> That's really weird. <laughs> like,. If this is true, I'm going to be mad. Okay. This better not be true. But as a ridiculous rumor of like, of a big villain, I can almost see it as a rumor. Do you know what I mean? Like a, a plausible I mean, rumor. I, it's still. It's something that people would say, but it better well, not actually be true. Why do we care about that kid? What do you mean? Like, why, why do no, we, why, the reader? Why does the magical society care enough about Draco's son to create that rumor. Yeah. I don't, that's, I mean, he's from a prominent family, obviously. 
still yeah you might have a little something there and we i mean like you get the sense too that these time turners have like they were destroyed right in the battle there's sort of this weird thing about them which i is going to become more prominent apparently um because then there's like rumors of like people trying to make them and some existing on the black market and you have this story related to a time turner and and albus thinks he can change time like okay yeah i was like holy crap she she messed with time turners in the second book and then she's like you know what was great time turning in my plot lines that was a great idea let's do that again it wasn't messy at all yeah, I almost admired it. I was almost like fully on board. Like, yeah, let's take the biggest plot hole in the whole book and let's do it, man. Let's well, do I mean, it. In some ways, it could be a means to like address some of those things, you know, because there is. And we don't get a huge or at least we haven't yet gotten a huge picture of what it's been like since, you know, in this whole time gap. But I, you get. My sense is, like, there's not so much evil, but people are kind of being weird. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, and it's... So, we're already up to, like, year four at Hogwarts. Yeah. So, like, we're, like, flipping through the years very quickly. And by year four, there's some, like, strange rumblings in the magical community, strange creatures gathering, and... Oh my goodness, Harry's scar hurts again. <laughs> Which it hasn't since 22 years ago or whatever. I know. Okay, that scene where Hermione is the Minister of Magic. Did we, we forgot know to say that? that? She's the Minister. In the epilogue? Uh, no, we... Sh- okay, I, I'm i not the biggest keeper upper on like every little like post-book tidbit she drops. But I had heard that she worked in magical law enforcement for the ministry. I had never heard that she became Minister of Magic. Now, that might have been out there before and I didn't know I would believe that, but... Yeah, I know. And it wasn't, like, super obvious. It was just sort of, like, snuck in there. I was like, wait, wait a minute, what? (laughs) Or Mistress of Magic? I don't know. (laughs) That makes it sound like an S&M thing. Don't say Mistress. And Harry's like the chief magical law enforcement person. So they're like buddy buddies yeah. running the ministry now, which is, you know, I like them. I kind of like Hermione in that role. Yeah, she's believable that she would become minister yes. of magic. Though, but... as Draco kind of points out, and I don't think he's wrong, he's like, you all have been, are, continue to be impacted by Harry's celebrity. Like, you wouldn't have got that role. I think she's deserving, but like, there's still like he's still even maybe more so has a celebrity status after you know oh, yeah after the battle of hogwarts definitely oh before we talked about that i said was gonna say i laughed out loud in that hermione's minister of magic scene where they're like calling the assembly and she's like harry's scar hurts guys <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh boy. He brought back all of the worst of angsty Harry's to yes. me. And I just laughed. Yes, though my question was, because we just read the spew stuff, I was like, if Hermione is Minister of Magic, did she change all the laws about house ups? Yeah. I mean, the whole, what I had heard before about her being a magical 
lawyer-ish, basically, was that she was campaigning for the rights of non-magical creatures and things like that. So, you know, Spew was the, the genesis of her greatness. And what what does Ron do? Oh. I'm not clear. He's just kind of turned... I feel like they're trying to make him into Fred and George. Okay, and again, from my... What I have heard, again, my knowledge is not thorough, is that he originally helps run uh, Weasley's Wizarding Wheezes with his brother. I would imagine is like helping his brother out, you know, and that he eventually also becomes an Auror. Do they have those anymore? So, I think so. I mean, I think Harry, like, is just head Head (laughs) Auror. So... Okay, and so yeah, the the very concise plot then is that Amos Diggory shows up at Harry's house having heard about this possible uber-powerful time-turner that exists, and he wants to use it to bring Cedric Diggory back to life. What? Yeah. Yeah, and, it, and there's a lot of it too, and I, I fear it will only get worse. I feel like they're trying to connect too much to what we know and what happened in the books yeah let's just throw in all of the throwbacks that we can well i mean i don't know if this this is you could call it so much a throwback because it seems to be like sort of the main plot thread it's not just a call out like but why is it that you know it almost seems like so we can go back and relive something we liked before Maybe. But I th- I have to think that surely this isn't going to happen, right? That this will be resolved with some... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But it's not going to happen. This isn't a good idea. So it's not... That's not going to be the resolution. Hey, we saved Cedric, Well, I right? feel like things are going to get messed I- up. They're going to mess with time. Something bad is going to happen. I, I What I really hope for this... Is there to be some sort of, like, resolution to my time-turner <laughs> angst? I want her to, like, really deftly deal with the time-turner as plot-ruining device. Well, I mean, but didn't she... she kind of already tried to, like, we've already established, like, they've all been destroyed. We kind of all agreed that that was a bad idea originally, we're trying to squash out any others. I don't mean deal with it as far as like get rid of them, but I mean like write a story that where it doesn't seem eye rolly. I feel like there's going to be a lot. And of obviously, eye this is like, this. <laughs> hey, oh. I have faith yet. I think it's it's okay now. Who knows what's going to happen in the last three quarters? But it's okay. we don't know yet. Because like I said, I don't think it's going to resolve in like them using the time turner for some great deed. They're going to discover more they're about themselves is what I think it. they're going to use the time turner for. It. Oh, they're going to use it, but it's not going to turn out like they think. We're not going to see Cedric again? I don't know if we won't. S- okay. I don't know. And we also but. get like, should we point out that they basically say that Amos is gone baddie? Yes. Well, he's old. It's sad. I mean... I, there's a line about like how they treated his son as the spare. Well, 
that is rough. Yeah, and and they the whole they do the whole thing too. Like Harry has always taken it very personally. Like he he does recognize, even though Amos and other people don't give him credit, that like a lot of sacrifices were made on his behalf. I think he's he knows that, and you know Cedric being one of them, and so Amos's words hurt him. And he like he knows there's nothing he can do about it. But then little Albus is like, "Yeah, my dad's evil. He doesn't care. He likes people to die for him. I'm gonna right the wrong." <laughs> yes, is that his voice? He's eleven. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> I think he's like fourteen oh, now. All the better. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, he gets this great idea in his head. Him and his BFF escape the Hogwarts train. And we get this really weird thing with the... With oh the, my god, it was so scary. The cart lady, where I don't think she's a real person anymore, and she had, like, spike hands or something. And she's like, yes. no one has escaped, and people have tried, and I've been charged with this task. And they just jump off the train. She was terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I was imagining some, like, big theater get-up with, like, you know, the sticks yeah. and the costume and the whole deal. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they escape the train. They find Amos in the old person's home. Tell him they're going to help sneak. Use Polyjuice, of course, because that's how you solve all your problems. Yeah, we didn't have to wait a month this time, though. Oh, my God, you're right. <laughs> I, well, that lady had some Delphi or whatever. Who is she again? She was the nurse. She's Amos's nurse. And niece or something. Oh, yeah. She's related, too. And so they sneak into Hermione's office. Albus, like, Frenches his aunt as a means of distraction. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> and he's like, well, Ron is very I affectionate. <laughs> I know. And then he's like struggling for something to say and he just says we should have a baby yes. or go on holiday yes either one bizarre and then i well i imagine it's meant to play funny on stage right oh i missed that yeah i think it's, it's supposed to be funny yeah no there's like a weird riddle thing in her bookshelf i don't really understand okay i did not understand that last okay. scene i was hoping no. you could explain it to and me. i was I'll be honest, I was, like, getting a little tired when I was reading that. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think it was, you know, again, it felt like this homage to kind of the first book and the riddles and Hermione and all that. But somehow, like, she hid the time turner there, but, but each book yells at them and then it, you lead it to the next book. and Yeah, so, like, the books are giving you riddles to pull the next book to follow the breadcrumb trails, which they eventually then find the time turner in a book. But then, like, they were also being, like, pulled into a void yeah. and, like, disappearing into a... That was the part where I got confused. Yeah. I I have no answers. Oh, no. And also, I'm really bad at riddles, so I was reading it and I was feeling really <laughs> dumb. I was like, I don't understand this at all. Oh, well, I'll have to go back and see if I can solve them. Yeah. I mean, please do and explain them yeah, to me. I don't know about the whole weird void thing. Yeah. Okay, I do have... Let's make a terrible prediction, since we don't actually know. Okay. Do we think that Scorpius and Albus are going to be together romantically? Oh, what? I think it. Oh, I think it's so hard. Oh. 
I don't know. I didn't think about that. But then there's the whole, oh, because, wait, this might be in the couple pages I read ahead. <laughs> oh, it's here. Well, because there's this weird thing where it almost seems like it's the Delphi lady is like extra nice to to Albus, and but then Scorpius is upset by it. Oh, I think that must be in the okay. next two pages. Well, well, Scorpius is upset by it because there was a there was some weird talk. Not weird. There was some perhaps a bit too obvious talk. About their, like, hugging. He just had an emotional moment. Need a hug. I'm not... I'm not saying... Could it turn out not to be true? Yes, and that would be fine. And maybe I've just seen way too much fan fiction. Probably much of it with this exact pairing. What? But... Oh, I don't read a lot of Next Generation fiction. But they, a lot of it has been written, and much of it is slashed. But I kind of like it. I kind of actually hope they do get together romantically. And I think she's going to do it in also in part. Maybe she's read a lot of, <laughs> a lot of fan fiction. <laughs> There's a lot of Harry Draco fan fiction out there, just so you know. I don't read it, but people are really into it. Um... That's beside the point, anyway. <laughs> but, but you know, the whole, like, Dumbledore is gay right. thing came out, like, after. I think it was, yeah. was it after yeah. all the books are over? Which is cool, but it, it felt a little bit like, but we, see, but it's not mentioned at all in the book, so it hardly counts. It's because no Hogwarts professor is allowed to have a relationship or a family, obviously. <laughs> that's, that's true. That is a rule. You're not allowed. So I feel like maybe she's gonna to put validate. it in there. Not to val not No, I didn't that sounds bad, but Interesting. I don't know. That's that's my bold prediction. It's probably not that bold. Well, it was bold to me. <laughs> it was news to me. <laughs> See, oh, and this is not really on topic. But again, like and I think it was intentional, but is it is it a little too much? Because on you know Draco and Harry met on the train that first year and it, and he made that offer like you know we could be friends you know we could be allies uh-huh. and he's all like I can you know I can decide who my friends are and then here's little Albus and I'm not saying Scorpius is evil he doesn't seem evil even if he is like the weird time spawn of Voldemort <laughs> 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 like but then Albus makes you know Albus is making all of these other choices yeah, Scorpius is more likable than Albus. Yeah, and more likable than Draco was. I kind of like adult Draco. Okay, but <laughs> you do. I just like. I kind of like that their characters still interact, and it's like they don't love each other exactly, but their lives intersect still. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, wait, now, who do we think is the cursed child? Scorpius? Oh. I didn't really think about that. <laughs> I just thought of it now, um, to be fair. I mean, on first glance, I would have said Albus. Because he's, like, the emotionally cursed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, to be fair, 
all of this stuff that he's showing is totally inside of Harry. What? Like the emotion? Okay. Yes. But he's a... Harry, in a different circumstance, could have acted exactly the same way. Harry does dumb crap all the time. (laughs) Yes. But that's what I'm saying. We don't know him. (laughs) Yes. And he's less motivated. Like, or he's weirdly motivated. Maybe he will prove to be more motivated going forward. But like, Harry was out, like, had this clear drive and vision, and and like we could understand his motivation. Whereas Al was like, we get that it's hard being Harry Potter's son. But like, what are you doing, kid? That's my response to him so far. What are you doing? Well, we could say, yeah, we get it. It's hard being the boy who lived. But what are you doing, kid? <laughs> I have a little more sympathy towards Albus. I I don't know. Well, and Harry said, I wish you weren't my son. Yeah, that wasn't a you're good su- move. That you're supposed to be the bigger person in this. Well, you tried to give him his little baby blanket and he rejected it. Okay, but come on. You don't give like a 14-year-old a baby blanket. They're not like, oh, gee, thanks. I'll scrapbook this. <laughs> Oh, and then you know what else I was thinking about? Not related to Harry or baby blankets. is with Hermione, and I was like, she's accomplished all these wonderful things. Do her parents still not know she exists? Oh my, of course they know. She saves him from Australia. I was reading a wonderful fan fiction about that yesterday. <laughs> well, but, okay, even if she does, which I dearly hope, you know, if you are a muggle-born witch or wizard, like, Obviously, you want to just go live with all the other witches and wizards and be in that world. And so, they seems like they wouldn't really get to know, you know, their lives would just diverge. This is sad. <laughs> this story is already sad enough. You don't need to add to it. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So, I, like, it's it's a little bewildering to me, this whole thing. Yes. I'm interested, though. <laughs> okay. Like, where is this going? I don't know, but I, I definitely want to find out. Do you, like, believe the characters as um, adults? That's an interesting question. I mean, I don't necessarily think they feel unbelievable, but at least this far, it seems to me that they're the secondary characters. So I'm not getting, like, tons of good feelings seeing, oh, these is Ron and Hermione and Harry. But to me, I think this, the story is going to be about the relationship really between Albus and Scorpius and then secondarily the relationship between Albus and Harry or, you know, Albus sorting his crap out, basically. Yes. Well, we'll have to read more. So, I, yes, we'll have to read more. So I guess... Next time we'll do act two, part two, or part one, act two. I think there are two acts and two parts. Okay. So that's four. I feel like everyone else has already read this. I'm feeling behind. Well, they've also already read The Goblet of Fire. (laughs) So. (laughs) Yes, but so have I. (laughs) It's true. Well, yeah, you stay away if you don't want to. I mean, you can read ahead, but if you don't want to know, stay away from the internet. I would assume. Okay, well, that was a lot of talking. My throat hurts. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
also we'll be do so next time we'll be doing Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. And I don't have my book next to me, so that would be chapters 16, 17, and 18. I have no idea what they're called, so you can find out well, for yourself. Well, we're going to have to get the whole cup and Harry being the, the fifth champion, the fourth champion. I would assume that's what it is, yes. So that will be a whole thing. That'll be Ron yes. being angry instead of Hermione. Yes. Yeah. It's a different brand of angst. But, and so then we will also read part one, act two of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Weird Sisters Pod and rate and review us on iTunes. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.